Welcome to Geek and Spiel, episode 10. My name is Jacob. And I'm Emily. I'm Jeff. And thank you all for joining us today. We have two firsts here. The first is we're going to do our very first top 10 list. On our 10th episode. I know, what? 10 on 10, that's great. Woo! Woo! But we have another first, too. Another thing we're doing for the very first time. And that's a correction. Oh, God. <laughs> so It begins. Last week, Jeff and I were talking about martial arts and I was talking about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I said, did Eddie Gordo lie to me? And Eddie Gordo is a character from Tekken who does not do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He does uh, a martial arts style called capoeira, which uh. I found out after Googling. And um, capoeira, for those who watch Bob's Burger, is Bob's, for oh those gosh, who watch yes. Bob's Burgers, is the thing that that guy teaches Tina to do with all the dancing and the moving and the, mm-hmm. the twirling thing like that. That That's what that is. That's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So if anyone here was really into martial arts and listened to me and Tekken and thought that I'm an idiot, yeah, my bad. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, you know what? Yeah, oh, so this is Jeff's fault. Going there. Jeff it's had the chance Jeff. to correct me, and he didn't. Yes. All right, good. You so know, it's not my fault I was sitting here, anymore. I was like, I don't remember having this conversation. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't there. <laughs> you weren't on the podcast for that. Sorry. <laughs> you, were off, you were off doing important things. <laughs> so the way this is going to work is, first, we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. We're going to talk about uh, games that did not make our list. First of all, our top ten list today are games that we played for the first time in 2017. That doesn't mean the game came out in 2017. That doesn't mean... Pretty much means these are the games we played for the first time in 2017. These are our top 2017 games. To get started, we're going to go through honorable mentions of games that we played for the first time but did not make the list, maybe just got cut. And then we're going to go through our list from 10 to 1, as you usually do with these. And No, uh, just start and with number gonna, 1. Just get that done. We're going to start with number out, 1 out and, just, and just... We're going to make everyone else guess. Yeah. And and then what we're going to yes. do is we're going to spend the last part of the podcast telling Emily and Jeff why they're wrong. And why we should have put NASCAR Monopoly for every NASCAR Monopoly, one. number one. No, Candyland Monopoly. Oh, oh my God. God is that a why? Thing? I don't <laughs> Crossover episode. Thing. Candyland Monopoly. And at the end of the game, we have to play Connect Four. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, I believe you were volunteered to go first, so please tell us about your honorable mentions. Okay, so I have six honorable mentions here. Uh, first off is the game Dark Souls from Steamforged Games. It didn't make the cut because it's hard as nails, and it doesn't necessarily fix the alpha gamer problem with uh, cooperative games, so... I could see where I could enjoy it, but I just, I didn't have a good time with it. Second was the uh, Dresden Files cooperative card game by Evil Hat Productions. It's an interesting game, I just need to play it more, I think, to get a real good opinion on it. Next is Raptor from Metago Games, which is an awesome two-player abstract-ish game. Kind of the same thing with the Dresden Files. I really like it, but I think that I need to play it more to get a better opinion on it. Uh, Sentient from Renegade Games is a uh, fun one. I really enjoy it, but there have been so many games that I've played that it was just like, okay, I need to 
prioritize on the top 10. If only it was like a top 50, then I'd be fine. <laughs> uh, next up is Sherazad. I apologize if I uh, butchered that, but it's by Osprey Games, and it's a uh, one to two player co-op game. It's solitaire and kind of like a solitaire game, but it's interesting. Again, another one that I just have to play out more in order to get a really good opinion on it. And lastly is uh, Great Western Trail from Stronghold Games. I didn't get a complete game in this, so that's why it's getting an honorable mention here, because I just haven't played it enough to say, okay, this is a good game. I can see this is good, but I need to actually finish the game. Yeah, we, we kind of cut that game super short. <laughs> yeah, we kind of did. Like, it feels like a haze when I think back to when we played. Because it was just well, so then, like, Yeah, because we were also like, exhausted, mm-hmm. and um, that was crazy. That was that was Dice Tower Con. Mm-hmm. That was the very last day. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I just want to make a note here. Actually, on my top ten list, the majority of the games actually came out in 2017. Oh, nice. So, just fun fact there. Jeff, that's super impressive. That is. That's, that's super impressive. Because um, my list is definitely not mostly 2017s. I think there's only one game on there from 2017. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. Uh, so, Emily, what about you? What are your um, honorable mentions? Okay, so kind of like what Jeff mentioned, I am just terrible at coming up with like top tens or favorites just because I just love so many games for so many different reasons. Um, and this is not just with games, but with anything. So... Like you said, a lot of my honorable mentions, like if I had, you know, if it was top 15, I would have included them. But so a couple of games I have is Gloom from Atlas Games. Um, This is a really old game, um, but I was just introduced to it in 2017. Um, And I just really enjoyed it. Like it was kind of a different game. It had a couple different mechanics um, and we played it so often. I felt like I had to make it an honorable mention. Um, Above and Below from Red Raven Games. I also have this as an honorable mention because it had a more unique mechanic than some a lot of the other games that I play with the kind of storytelling aspect of it. Choose your own adventure. Um, I also have Unexploded Cow from Cheap Ass Games. Um, I feel, you know, I feel like if I had a if I had top eleven, this would have been number eleven because I just feel like we played it so often. And there was a reason for that, because we enjoyed it so much. I would like to make a note that I, when I saw that, I realized that I could not add it to my list because I had played it, like, a two years ago. Really? <laughs> and I really, I, yeah, because I played it for the first time two years ago, and that's why I picked it up so fast when it was on sale. Mm. And I would have added that to my list if it was uh, a 2017 game for me, but it's not on there because of that. Yeah. Um, I love Gloom. Sorry. Yes, I oh, know. Gloom's great, too. It was, it's very interesting. Um, Lemonade Stand from Mary Games. <laughs> I, I almost, I was about to dethrone Game of Thrones in my top 10 in order to put Lem- Lemonade Stand. And I just felt like I couldn't do it. But I just really loved this game. And it's so simple. And it's such like a small game. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I loved the kind of economy mechanic to it and like i don't know i just loved it so i had to put it on my honorable mention 
And then, last but not least, like, my top honorable mention, Dead of Winter, The Long Night by Plaid Hat Games. And it makes me so sad to make this an honorable mention and not in my top ten. But I just can't put it in my top ten because I have not... I've not played the expansion really. Like we've, I've played the Raxon kind of story intro to when you're, you know, it's supposed to introduce you to that whole new um, side of it. I didn't play, haven't played the Bandit intro yet, and I feel like every time I pull out Dead of Winter, I'm, I'm pulling it out with someone new, and so I don't want to play the expansions yet because I want them to just know the game. And so I just haven't been able to play it like at all this year, which makes me really sad because Dead of Winter, I think, was like my number one um, last year when we did the blog posts instead of the I podcast. think it definitely was for you. Um, I love Dead of Winter. So I, I feel like I need to make it a goal for 2018 is to play <laughs> Dead of Winter Long Night as much as possible. <laughs> uh, that sounds good. I would do yes. it. Same here. I would do it. And that's my honorable mentions. Those are, that's a good list. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, definitely. So he, here's my honorable mention. I've cut it down a little bit because it was a little excessive because I had such a hard time, you know, cutting things out. First on my list is Mystic Veil vale from 2015. That's an AEG game. Mystic Veil, vale, I played. The reason it's not even on the top 10 list is because we played it, I think, at 1 or 2 in the morning at Dice Tower Con, and I wasn't feeling well and had to leave and so someone took over for me. I don't even remember and playing that game. Was I there? You didn't. Okay. You were doing, um, I think you were. Was that Robinson Crusoe oh, night? <laughs> I think that was Robinson Crusoe. Okay. I think I went over to you and been, was like, I'm going, yep, I'm going yep, to bed, okay. guys. Mm. I was going to say, man, uh, I really yeah. don't remember that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I couldn't get a full game in. I realized why it was so big when it came out. That's 2015. That's, you know, at this point, two, two three years ago. Uh, great game. Uh, my number two is Hana Mikoji, which is a 2014 game from Emperor S4. Jeff showed me this game. This is a great two-player game. Only played it twice or so. Would like to do it more. I, I think it's like I liked it a lot, but it just kind of like got the cut for me. Because uh, I think there were other games that I liked probably a bit more than that, but I did enjoy it a lot. And also on my list, Potion Explosion from 2015. Horrible games. This is the first year I played that. And I played it with Jeff first, and then I played it with Anita, and generally I just like it a lot. It's a good game. It doesn't grab me as much. I, I, it's it's way too, I think, casual for me to like use it as like, oh, yeah, this is the top ten game of the year. But uh, I liked it so much that I, it's definitely an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Santorini is on my honorable mentions list. It's 2016. It's from Roxley. It's because it, it does a lot of stuff I really enjoy. It's a great two-player game. It's very tactile because it uses big pieces. It uses Greek mythology, which I love. But there's always something about that game that makes me kind of like, I don't know why it hasn't grabbed me as hard as other people, but it has grown on me. We got, let's see, oh, just, sorry, two more. Uh, one of them is Century Spice Road, which is a 2017 game. So, good for me. I have a 2017 game on my list. This is from Plan B Games. Uh, The reason that this is an honorable mention is I acknowledge it's a great game. It's a lot like, I'll say, Splendor. Mm -hmm. And I like it more than Splendor. But it's just so dry of a game. The theme is so not there. It it might as well not even be there. So, and I'm a person who does enjoy theme. So, I acknowledge it as a really good game. 
but it really doesn't push all my buttons. I almost put that on my honorable mention, too. I'd suggest, you guys, if you uh, want, look at the uh, Sentry Golem Edition. I was thinking about that. Yeah, it has a lot better artwork. It's uh, it's more whimsical, I should say. Finally, my last honorable mention, and this one is probably probably would be my number 11. Uh, this is Wordsy, a 2017 game from Formal Ferret. I have a signed copy from the creator, Gilhova. This is a really fun word game. It's unique. I've never really seen this before. I, we've talked about it in the past podcast. I really enjoy it. Barely got to play it very much because a lot of people I know don't like word games. Anita hates them. And even people who are really good at them are kind of like, eh. But this one I think is very different. It's not like Scrabble. It's not like anything else. It's good. Go check it out. I enjoy it very much. That's my honorable mentions list. All right, guys. See you all later. Bye. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Guys, you ready for our top ten list? All right. So, Jeff, would you like to be our our numbers person? Yes, sirree, Bob. There we go. Get pumped up. (laughs) Do some stretches. Do some stretches. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Ha, ha, ha. Number 10. My number 10 game is Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition, published by Fantasy Flight Games and released in 2015. This game is a uh, one versus many uh, hidden movement game where one player plays Dracula while everybody else plays the uh, protagonists from the Dracula novels. So you have... uh, Van Helsing, Mina Harker, uh, the others, <laughs> Lord Godalming, I remember that one, and... The Doctor, Seward, I think his name is Seward. Yeah, Dr. Seward, I think, yeah. I've only played this game once during uh, Dice Tarocon, but I had so much fun playing it that I had to put it on the uh, list. It's kind of been a... Uh, grail game for me to play and jacob thank you very much for bringing it with you it was a ton of fun to play you're welcome all right um so my number 10 game was game of thrones second edition by fantasy flight games um published in 2011 this is an area control strategy game each player is a house from game of thrones and the object is just to control territory through lying backstabbing treaties you know typical game of thrones stuff um and just like in game of thrones if you are house Greyjoy, good luck because you're probably <laughs> going to be at the bottom every time um no. i really enjoyed this game um i love the game of thrones tv show and the people i played with you know we all are fans of the show so um not books sorry well Okay, one of my friends is a friend of the book, but um, mm-hmm. sorry, Jacob. But you know, no, I'm, no, no, we're we're doing we're doing this right now. Okay. We're doing this right in the middle of this top ten. All right, wait, wait, what year were you born? Nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Let's see. When did the first Game of Thrones come out? The first book. Two thousand eleven. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I'm looking this up right now because that sounds like I think the second book came out in nineteen ninety two. And Perfect. I was born. Really, I was born. I maybe I'm Game of Thrones. 
Oh my god, I can't even search for Game of Thrones because everything pops Thrones. up as the TV show. They don't even have the Wikipedia. Exactly, page because books. everyone knows the TV show is best. <laughs> the TV No, no, everyone knows the books are better. No. Period. Then why are so many people watching the TV um, show instead of reading the books? Because we're because this is a country of troglodytes. <laughs> I know. As soon as right? I said it, I was Pe- like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to raise my hand here. I haven't even gotten past the fourth book yet. <laughs> There's only, right there only There's only five right now. Yes, there are only five. But the fourth book. We're bringing this up. We're bring, no, we're, we're bringing this up because Emily once told me that she's like, oh, yeah, you're not a Game of Thrones fan, to which I had to remind her that I have read all of the books. And, and I had read them before it became a TV series. So... That's right. I'm pulling my hipster reading my card right now. So. Okay, but to be fair, but like, just because you read a book doesn't mean you're a fan. Like a fan, you're like talking about it and excited. I was telling everyone <laughs> what a great TV show this would be. I remember sitting in one of my jobs, telling someone about this game, this this book called uh, "A Song of Ice and Fire" and how amazing it was. And he looked at me like I was nuts. He was yeah. like, "The heck is wrong with you?" <laughs> and then, like two or three years later, they have the show come out. And now everyone's a freaking fan. No, don't even, don't even. Okay, <laughs> I'm hipster, sorry. Hipster please continue Jacob. with. <laughs> please continue with your top ten while I eat some of this avocado <laughs> toast. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't, can't. Okay, I don't want to get derailed too much, but can I just say another hipster thing? So you know, avocado toast is supposed to be the hipster thing. Well, then someone wrote an article about how eating avocado on toast is like um, disrespecting the avocado and its form. And I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, will you know, it ever? To disrespect end? an avocado is to throw it away without eating it. What are you talking I about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just there's always got to uh. be something. Like there's always got to be next. Okay. Um. Anyways, this is my top ten. I love Game of Thrones. I like area control games. So this just kind of fit perfectly. Uh, my number ten is also Fury of Dracula Third Edition, a 2015 game from Fantasy Flight Games, as Jeff has mentioned. Uh, yes, hidden movement. One person's Dracula. Everyone else is trying to hunt him. It's a long game. It's kind of complex because Fantasy Flight is terrible at making their uh, instruction books. This is number 10 for me because I've only played it as Dracula. I've played it maybe twice so far. I have not played as one of the hunters, and my feeling is if I played a hunter, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. I love being Dracula. I love hiding. I love setting little plots down and then watching them come to fruition and making everyone struggle to find me and just throwing terrible things at people as they try and find me. And the absolute fear the other players get when they realize, oh, no, we're in the same spot as Dracula and he's going to kill us. And it's just, oh, it's it's so, you know, exciting. And I just love Dracula, the book, and vampire stuff in general so it fits really well but it only makes number 10 because i'm only played half the game and i'm not sure if i'm going to enjoy the other half but one day we'll find out that's my number 10 that's awesome that we had crossover mm-hmm. there not gonna mm-hmm. lie because we're, we're on the wavelength now, we're on the same, same wavelength we are number nine okay so my number nine is a party game uh where words uh published by bezier games in 2016, uh, this is a uh, social deduction slash uh, word guessing game, kind of like uh, 
21 questions with a, a trader mechanic. I've played this multiple times. The first time we I actually played it was at uh, the 2017 Extra Life uh, Marathon with uh, Jacob and M, and it's super fun. I've been the mayor a couple of times, and it's just difficult because you you just want to yell at the people and say like, "No, you're getting on the wrong track. No, not that way. Not that way. No, please stop. Oh God, why?" I've played it with uh, uh, M and a bunch of people at the Extra Life, but also I uh, got to play in with uh, a couple of my friends at uh, Jacob, your parents' uh, uh, Christmas Eve party, which I know doesn't, doesn't happen, happen if I'm not there. there. But it's the unofficial Christmas Eve party, and they they loved it. Uh, Travis loved it. Jess and Gary, Josh, everyone who played it actually loved it. So. It was a lot of fun. My number nine is also a party game. It is Deception by Gray Fox Games, published in 2014. Um, sorry, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Let me be, you know, official. Okay. Um, this was a favorite for me. Uh, I enjoyed the number of people it could play, which I know most party games do play a lot of people, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being both the... Um, I guess who, what was it called when you were like the one making the clues? You were like the forensic, the investigator, um, the forensic scientist, forensic scientist. I enjoyed playing, um, being that person and giving the clues, but I also enjoyed just being, you know, a regular investigator trying to figure it out and, you know, attacking each other. I remember that the first time I played it, I, I, I kept being like, oh, it could be like some of the cards I had in front of me. I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> um, anyways, I really enjoyed this game. Um, so I had to include it in my top 10. My number nine is Rush and Bash, a 2015 game from uh, Red Glove Games and Quick Simple Fun Games. This is a fun little kind of Mario Kart style racing game, plays up to six people. You're shooting missiles, dodging bombs and rocks, and you play cards to decide what you're going to do. It is just chaotic fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't think I've shown it to anyone who did not enjoy it. And people who did not enjoy it are curmudgeons, and you should all feel sorry for yourselves because I do. No, um, it's just, it's just, it's it's cute, it's colorful. It, there's not a lot of depth to it, and I don't think it needs to be. It's that perfect kind of just get in there and have some fun. If you like Mario Kart, you'll like this game. Uh, Russian Bash, my number nine. Number eight. Okay, my number eight is a uh, honorable mention from Jacob, actually. It is Hanami Koji, uh, published by Emperor S4 and released in 2014. Uh, this is a two-player uh, only game where each of you are competing uh, tavern uh, slash bar slash uh, entertainment center owners, and you're trying to compete to get the most... Uh, geisha to come to uh, your place of uh, business. Uh, you do that by offering gifts to each of them. Each of them have a different set of gifts and uh, there's a certain amount of gifts per uh, uh, in the deck of cards that you play. I've played and taught this a whole bunch of times and each time I really like it. I love the game. There was only really one time that it kind of fell flat, but 
overall, it's a really fun, quick two-player game that uh, I really enjoy and hope to get to the table more often. So that was Hanami Koji. I like that name. Hanami Koji. Okay. Um, my number eight was Jacob's number nine, which was Russian Bash. I I like totally forgot that we played it the, for the first time in 2017. Like I feel like we've had this game forever just because it's become such a staple for us. Yeah. Um, but like Jacob said, I, I love this game because I love Mario Kart and I feel like it's Mario Kart on a board game. And I love the characters and it's um, fun. I feel like we haven't played as much of the new tiles or like the different... Um, components of the game yet so i'm excited to continue playing this in 2018 and that was russian bash you guys played a giant game yes, of this with like eight <laughs> or nine tiles at um dice i don't know at a during extra mm-hmm. life now that was a bit much right that kind of it, went on too long it was but i think we also i feel like had i think we had the total number of players that you can play like i think we had a lot of people playing and yeah. it was a really big track so i'm thinking if you played with like three people on a big track like that would be probably ideal um or like a lot of people on a short track like i feel like you kind of have to balance that makes sense Mm -hmm. and also i think everybody was being extremely cutthroat so (laughs) we took the beast i mean that's standard emily plays a game so (laughs) i feel like i was being cutthroat in lanterns last night like i'm gonna be cutthroat in any game Okay, yeah, we were playing Lanterns last night, and that was the most <laughs> vicious game of Lanterns we've ever played, which is the game doesn't wow. it doesn't work that well, like, viciously. It's, it doesn't kind of fit that. And we were kind of like, Anita kept kicking me, and, <laughs> and every time someone else screwed, screwed, them, screwed Anita over, she would hit me, and I'm like, yeah. why? why, why? It's, it's just always Jacob's fault. It's always my fault. Always take his uh, My number eight is Celestia, a 2015 game from Blam! And all caps, exclamation mark. Celestia is a, I want to say up to six people, maybe? Per, up to six person push your luck game where you're on a little boat and you're sailing to these different islands and you have to hope that your captain, whoever that is that turn, has the cards they need to stop whatever threat is coming at you, whether it be bad weather or birds or pirates. And if you think they do, then you keep going along and you get higher points. But if they don't and you crash with them, you get no points. This game is the it's just the epitome of the idea of push your luck. It's a lot of trying to trust people and hoping that they have what they need. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's we, I played it for the first time at Dice Tower Con. Uh, this year, and Jeff got it the year before, but we didn't get to play it. It has a cute little boat you put together with cardboard, and you put all the little people's pawns in there, and it's just a delight. I don't think I've ever played this game where we weren't all just cracking up the whole time because it invites humor, you know, when you're like, you know what, Jeff, I believe in you, let's go, and then he rolls the die, and it's two pirates, and Jeff does not have the cards to fight that, and we all crash and die. Uh, how is ha, that? you fool! <laughs> you trusted me! <laughs> yeah, so that's my number eight, Celestia. And also, the propeller spins on the on the boat. It is amazing. <laughs> the propeller spins! That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the oh. wonders of modern technology. <laughs> Cardboard! <laughs> Cardboard boat. Labo! <laughs> <laughs> number seven. My number seven is the first of uh, 2017 releases. I'm not sure of of how readily available this is in uh, the U.S., but the game is Baron Park. 
It's by Lookout Games and Mayday Games, and like I said, released in 2017. This is a Tetris-style game where you are building a bear park. Each turn, you take one of your pieces and you place it on the board, and depending on what you cover, you uh, get extra pieces, so you're correcting like uh, Gobi Bear enclosures, uh, Panda bear houses, um, polar bear houses, Ice bear. and also, and koalas. I know that koalas aren't bears, precious. but... Yeah, why why haven't you played this game with us yet, Jeff? It's because you guys are losers. Oh. <laughs> oh, burn! <laughs> the truth <laughs> is revealed. No, I'm joking. It's just that I haven't had the chance to actually play with you yet. It is a super fun, very light game. You're... Collecting all these all these uh, different enclosures, you're collecting rivers, uh, porta potties, a uh, whole bunch of different stuff to build like the best bear park you can make. I've played this a couple of times with my uh, regular gaming group, and each time it's a blast. It's a lot of fun to play, and uh, it actually offers a lot of variability in play because uh, they have different. Uh, bonus tokens. So sometimes you're looking to collect the most uh, bear enclosures, or you're looking to get a uh, contiguous line of rivers, or the most houses built together, things like that. It's uh, really interesting, and I definitely recommend taking a look at Baron Park, my number seven. Got it. We Bear Bears yes. the board game. Got it. Yes, bears. Okay, my number seven is something that both Jeff and Jacob have already discussed, which was Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition from Fantasy Flight Games. Um, I have, I put this a little higher on my list. Um, I've played both as Dracula and as one of the other players, and I just really enjoyed this game. When I first hit a movement game's was weren't necessarily games that I really looked for just because for whatever reason I just didn't really jump into Spectre Ops which was the first hidden movement game I've played I have since played that and now I enjoy it more and I'm wondering if it's because I enjoyed Fury of Dracula so much and I felt like I really kind of understood hidden movement games a little bit better after playing Fury of Dracula so much and um I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I, too, I really enjoy being Dracula. I realized that when I played with Amy and some of our friends. She also loves this game. And I don't know. I just love, I love the theme. I love the mechanics. So I had this a little bit higher in my list. That's cool. I would, And that makes sense, too. You've, you've played it more than both of us. I've played it twice. Jeff played it once. And you've played it, what, three times now? Yeah, probably. Um, let's see. Uh, Dice Tower, Your House, and with Amy Asset three times. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll, and we gotta get this one out a bit more. I don't know if Anita liked it or not, but she played it with us, so that was good. <laughs> so, the length is a bit long for her, I think, but mm-hmm. but no one cares what she likes. So, my number seven is Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu, a 2016 game from Z-Man Games. Of course I've got a Cthulhu game on my list. Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu is, when I'm looking at my list now, my most played game of all of these games. And the reason for that is this is probably Eric's favorite game. So whenever we were kind of like hanging out or doing stuff, he would request to play this game over and over. I have won this game. I have lost this game. 
there's something about Pandemic and Cthulhu that actually goes together because Pandemic by itself is a very stressful game where things start going wrong real fast. And most games that deal with Cthulhu-esque themes and Lovecraft stuff are usually about you getting beaten to death and beaten down and just kind of fighting some uh, something, some progressively scarier objective that that constantly keeps you on your toes and you win by the you know like the very the skin of your teeth yes thank you the skin of your teeth (laughs) that's what that's like and i think pandemic is a lot like that too so the two kind of go together the theme is just saturates this game the art is fantastic every location is named after a place from the lovecraft mythos the artwork for the actual elder gods that pop up and bother you are just fantastic. And I really, since I enjoy Pandemic and I enjoy Cthulhu, the two just kind of went together really well for me. So that's my number seven, Pandemic, Reign of Cthulhu. What what I think is just so funny, we were talking about this when we were playing Pandemic the Cure. You know, Pandemic already beats you down so much, giving you like <laughs> yes. that hope, like maybe you can get it. No, just kidding. And then Cthulhu, <laughs> like I feel like all the games we played that have a Cthulhu theme is the same way, like just beats you down, no hope. And so putting them together just... Which is uh, which is very thematic of, of Lovecraft's yes. work anyway. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jeff, today uh, Emily and I are going over to Caitlin's place for super superb Owl Day and playing um, Eldritch Horror. So Ooh, the first nice. time we'll be playing it, we'll see it. And also... Why haven't you brought this over to play with me, Jacob? Because I hate you. <laughs> Have you not played this one yet? Straight to the point. No, not yet, actually. Oh, so we'll we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do Baron Park. Yeah, we'll make it a whole game day. Yeah, just those yeah. two games. Yes, <laughs> over and over and over. Number six. My game is another of the uh, 2017 releases. This is from Brotherwise Games called Unearth. It is a uh, worker placement dice game with set collection. It's a very easy game to uh, to grasp. Basically, you're each a clan of uh, explorers trying to be the first ones to discover these ancient ruins or uh, start building up to these ancient wonders that you heard of in uh, past times. The way that the game works is that generally you choose a location to go to, you roll that die, and uh, once you meet or beat that number that you need to discover it, you get that card. Uh, You get points based on how many sets of the same color you have, but also you get points for building these wonder cards using uh, various stones that you collect. Again, this is another game that I've only played once, but it just had such an impact on me that I had to put it high on my list here. It's super fun. We definitely need to play this again with uh, Baron Park and Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu over and over again until you go crazy. I've just had a blast playing this game and that's my number six, Unearth. Okay, my number six was Time Stories. Specific, well, I've played Under the Mask. That's the only kind of episode or i don't know what you call them expansions it's still it's still time stories but time stories by space cowboys published in 2015 this was my number six because it was just so different from any game i've really played i mean 
there's still, I mean, there was a board kind of and car, you know, but it was just so much, it was so different. It was so story driven and our decisions, you know, had such weight in how the story played out. I just thought it was really neat. I mean, I had like a notebook when we were playing and, you know, furiously writing down notes and clues and all sorts of things. So I just really enjoyed it. I really want to get into it for real with the group. And um, the only downside was I played at Dice Tower with some awesome friends. But, you know, that obviously we can't keep playing <laughs> or meeting up and playing. So um, I really want to get into this and really kind of explore this whole world of time stories. Yeah, Time Stories is a lot of fun. If you play the first scenario, there's one specific character that is amazing. And Jacob, I think you know which one I'm talking about. Is it the cannibal? Oh, God. No, it isn't the cannibal. <laughs> okay. It's the cocaine addict. Oh, my God, oh, the cocaine good. addict. Yeah. Cannibal yeah. cocaine addict, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an insane asylum. Uh, I have yet to beat it. I have yet to. It's super hard. I don't it know if is. I'm playing it wrong, but Time Stories is very unforgiving. Yes. But I love that. Like, yeah. I love that challenge. Very nice. My number six is Mechs vs. Minions, a 2016 game from Riot Games. Mechs vs. Minions is set in the world of League of Legends, which is a video game series that's very popular with online players. Uh, what you are is you're a little cute little whatever thing that rides a mech around on a board, and you destroy minions and you do that by drafting these cards and then putting them into a programming space you have six slots to put this card in and you can put it wherever you want and then when you get a new one you can put it in another spot and then on your turn you just follow that program so the first card says move forward one space you move forward one space the second card says uh release a jet of flame that burns everything in your vicinity you release a jet of flame that burns everything in your vicinity this means you can find yourself in one turn just going across the board and destroying everything or spinning around in a circle in the corner of the board the whole time. Either way, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of interesting the game the, the way the game works. I haven't really gotten into it. It kind of has a progressive progression and story to it a little bit cuz there's like about 10 I think scenarios and there's a uh, a big boss monster that's hidden in a box that they don't want you to open I guess to the very end and I'm excited to see that. Now I played this for one day with Emily and Sean, and we haven't picked it up since, uh, which is a shame because I think this game is a lot of fun. The production value on this is astronomical. The fact that they they sell this game only through the company itself, you can't buy it from a third-party seller, and because of that, it keeps the prices down. This game should be well worth over $100 worth of material in there, and it's packed so nicely, and it's nowhere near that price which is pretty fantastic. Uh, so that is my, my number six game, Mechs vs. Minion. I feel like I would have put that on my list if we played it more because I honestly just kind of forgot about it. Like I knew I liked it and I knew that we had fun playing it, but it just feels like so long ago and you know I, I kind of forget anything about it. So Yeah, we played it a while back and that's that's one of the ones that I think we need to keep yes. you know revisiting at yes, times when we for can. sure. Yeah, I love that game. If I didn't play it, uh, back in 2016, I would have put it on my 2017 list. Oh, look at this guy here. He plays games in 2016 and 2017. What? <laughs> you still have your copy, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah, I love it. Definitely worth uh, playing through the scenarios. I think we actually just finished the third scenario, so we're taking our time through it. But 
It's it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's actually really simple too, and I kind of want Anita to try it because it's it looks like a lot, and yet it's not. It's it, there's only like very little to it, uh, which makes it fun and simple and fun to look at. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a ton of fun. Very simple. Very accessible. I should say. Yes. Number five. My number five is a game that uh, both Jacob and M mentioned on their lists uh, back a few turns. Uh, it's Russian Bash, published by Quick Simple Fun Games and released in 2015. Basically, everything that they've said about it is so true. I adore this game. It's uh, I've played it a bunch of times, and everybody that plays it is just like, I start off with saying, hey, this is Mario Kart the board game, and everyone's just like, awesome, on board for it. So there's nothing I can really add to this other than... Oh my god, it's so much fun. It is a really fun game. And uh, that's my number five, Russian Bash. Okay, my number five was uh, one of Jacob's honorable mentions, which was Santorini by Roxley. I just absolutely adore this game. I love the art. I love, it's almost, I feel like it's almost like, I don't want to say chess, but like has that kind of like strategy two player. I haven't played it with three players, which I know you can, but, um, I just love it. I love Greek mythology and I love like my favorite thing is, you know, as I'm playing and playing with different, uh, gods and goddesses, I love to see like, Oh, this makes sense. Why, you know, this God would have this certain move set because, you know, it's just kind of me nerding out a little bit. So I just, I love this game. And so we were so eager to have it and, it's great for Sean and I when we are trying to play. We're trying to play more two-player games, um, and this is definitely a staple for us. I love the game too. It is just a ton of fun. Again, it would probably be on the uh, on the at least the short list, but I played it last on um, 2016. So again, Jeff, yeah. I'm this close to kicking you off the podcast again. <laughs> Starting this again. <laughs> My number five was mentioned by Emily, and I don't think this was on Jeff's list. I think you played this earlier. Is Deception Murder in Hong Kong from 2014, Gray Fox Games. Deception uh, Murder in Hong Kong when it came out. Uh, do I have to say the entire title every time? Yes. So I was playing might. Deception Murder in Hong Kong the other day, and I thought to myself, <laughs> how great Deception Murder in Hong Kong is. And then I said, hey, Anita, do you want to play Deception Murder in Hong Kong? And she said, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, what is that? And I said, well, Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Okay, this is going way too far, sorry. So when this game came out, everyone was touting it as a werewolf killer, specifically One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which is to this day probably my most played game and the game that I love so much that I'm sick of it and never want to play it again because I've played it so many times. I see that with this game. I see why you'd say it was a killer. The problem with this game is this game actually doesn't seem to work with a lot of people in sometimes, which really bothers me. I feel like sometimes when we introduce it to people, it doesn't always hit, and I don't know why because it just seems so inviting and you're so involved and it's so sneaky and and you know if you like Resistance Avalon, if you like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, or even if you like Werewords, I think this is a great game to play and it's got all these great elements of a great social game and you can play with so many people too and it makes the game so crazy and I feel bad when people don't seem to like it 
uh, because I think this is something you really need to give a chance to. It's, it's also can turn into a very funny game, too, and you're trying to figure things out. It can also get real serious at times. It's kind of however your play group does it. But I love this game, and I see myself playing it more and more, with, especially with parties of people. I think it's a great game for multiple people. And that is Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Again, 2016. But oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> I know. I hate me, too. The first time I played it, it just fell super flat for some reason. The two times that I played it afterwards, I actually really liked it. Number four. My number four is an honorable mention from uh, Jacob. It is uh, Century Spice Road, published by Plan B Games and released in 2017. It's really high up in my list right now because I've played it so freaking much. And every single time, I love it. It's just a super fast, super fun game. Usually what happens is that I'll introduce it to somebody other than Jacob. We'll play it, and they'll be like, Yeah, let's play this again. Let's get another round in. It is a cube pusher. The theme is extremely dry. If you haven't played it yet, I'd say definitely look at Century Golem Edition. It's literally the same game. But instead of trading spices in the, uh, in the Far East, you're uh, collecting gemstones to appease uh, various different golems. The theme is very pasted on, but just the mechanics behind it makes it a super fun and it can actually be a very uh, strategic game too. Just kind of uh, waiting for people to grab the different point cards and... Uh, yeah, that's my number four, Century Spice Road. Now, Jeff, I didn't, I didn't hate this game, but I definitely gave you so much crap when you were trying to teach us and play it for the first time. <laughs> yes, and I really yes. enjoyed from the moment we opened the. I just game. enjoyed doing that though. That was fun. <laughs> part of my fun was knowing Jeff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also learning that I don't know what color spices are. Yeah, now the uh, I think like one of the colors doesn't match up with the uh, actual color of the spice. Then again, if you went with very similar colors, it would be very hard to identify which one was which. Yeah. Which would be super annoying. Because we have, oh, we have this dark brown for cinnamon. And then we have this light brown. And then we have this slightly lighter brown. Oh, yes. Because when I think of exciting board games, I think of several shades of brown. (laughs) (laughs) Fifty shades of brown. So my number four was Celestia. By Blam. Just for, like, exactly what y'all said. I I mean, and I feel like I'm seeing a pattern here, like Santorini. I was like, oh, I just adore this game. Oh, Celestia, I adore this game because (laughs) they're just so cute. And, like, the, I mean, I remember the moment we were in, um, we were at Dice Tower and we were in that room with, uh, who are we, who are we with? Rob Yates. Rob Yates, the creator of? Burke's Gambit. Yes, thank you. Another game that I really enjoy. Uh, he was showing us how to play it. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I fell in love the moment they put together that little boat. <laughs> I was like, yes, 100%. And another reason why I love this game is because it's so easy for anyone to jump into. Like, they don't have to love board games or feel like they're very good at them. And they can still have fun with this game because it's so simple and it's quick. Um, so I really enjoyed this game for those reasons. My number four, and I know the only person here who's probably going to agree with me, 
is Sean, who isn't here today. Thank you for... Oh, no. Just wait. Just wait. I I have something to say about this. Oh, God. Oh, God. My number four is Hive Mind, a 2016 game from Calliope Games. This is part of their Titan series, which was a series of games, of 12 games created by the titans of the gaming industry, slowly being released over the course of several years. It was kickstarted. I just happened to get it in my Kickstarter Boxo Games. This one was made by Richard Garfield, the creator of King of Tokyo and Magic the Gathering, uh, which is surprising because this game is nothing like those. This is a game that is essentially uh, reverse categories. You want to get as much of the same answer as everyone else because whoever has the lowest points uh, has a better chance of getting kicked out of the hive when the winter comes because the hive is crowded and we got to kick them out. Sorry, you're going to die, but that's what you get. Uh, we played this once, and that one time affected me so much that it has made it all the way to my number four because I love this game. This is a perfect party game, in my opinion, because it is hysterical. We played with, what, like 9 to 11 people, and we just cracked up the whole time. I thought it was really funny to see what people put down, to see you know how people are think similarly or differently. Uh, I enjoyed this game. It's it's up there now, one of my favorite party games of all time, and that is Hive Mind. Hive Mind was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I actually remembered playing it, it'd be in my. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it no, not that I. Not like that, but remember that I played it in 2017. It would have been in, definitely in my honorable mentions because that was just oh, it was so much fun. Unfortunately, Jeff, you got kicked out of the hive. Yes, I did. <laughs> you and um, uh, uh, Tama got kicked out. You tied yeah. for lowest end, but it's okay. It's okay because your sacrifice let the rest of us live, <laughs> and we appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, I'll be back with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number three. My number three is Ethnos, published by Simon Limited and released in 2017. Note, this game is ugly as sin. This is a super ugly game. I feel like it's not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. The artwork is great. Just not for a board game. Basically, it is set collection where you're collecting all different types of uh, fantasy races. You have halflings, skeletons, giants, uh, merfolk, wizards. And uh, you're collecting them to build bands of adventurers to conquer different territories. After you... Collect them, and you get a certain number of cards. You have to play a set, and each set helps you get to a territory and also has a special power uh, that uh, corresponds to the leader of that band. It is super quick. It is a... It's a lot of fun. I'd say it's a step up from like games like Ticket to Ride, but uh, overall, I... I've played it a couple of times. The first time was during uh, Dice Tower Con, and then I played it with uh, a bunch of my uh, my gaming group here, and we all just had a blast with it. It can be a tight race, depending on the, the setup, 
or you can fall super far behind, but there are ways to catch up. There are ways that you can uh, try and get back in the game. It's quick, it's fun, not a lot of rules to really remember, and uh, yeah, that's my number three, Ethnos by Seam Unlimited. You know, I probably would have included Ethnos, at least as an honorable mention, if I feel like I played it one more time. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was, like, one of my highlights from Dice Tower. I just feel like, I don't know, I need to play it again to really get I would have included it. it on my list, too, if we were doing a list of the worst games I played Stop. in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think... I think, Jacob, you just had the worst luck yeah. with that. No, the, the, here's the thing. That game... No, we're not going to get into this. We're not going to get it. We should move on. We don't have time for this. I have a very good reason yeah. why, the, why I don't think it's a good game, but let's uh, we, we'll talk about that later when I'm drunk or something. Yes. Moving on. So my number three, I just want to say, I gave Jacob and Sean so much shit last night for having this in their top 10, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because I think on the surface, I feel like it is just, it, it's a party game, but like Deception's a party game, but it's like a strategic... I don't know, kind of party game. Hive mind. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, mind? no, like, they're just not, this, it's not of caliber. Yet, when I was making my top 10, I was thinking about all the games and kind of listing them out. And I was like, we did have so much fun playing Hive mind. Like, it was so much fun. And it was, I mean, it was just, I, I definitely want to play it again. You know, because I feel like there could have been a lot of factors in the fact that we were just, like, dying laughing <laughs> at every single um, card or every single response. But um, when I think about, like, compared to how much fun I've had playing some of the other games on my list, like, that definitely was up there. So, uh, I made it number three. Like, how did that even happen? I don't know. I don't know. But Hive Mind was my number three. Uh, nice. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's good stuff. So my number three is on Jeff's list already, and I don't know if it's going to be on anyone else's, but it might be, and that is Where Words 2017 Bezier Games. I love One Night Ultimate Werewolf. This just takes it to a different level, including kind of a 20 questions um, words aspect to it. Jeff already hit on some of the best parts of this game. There's really no need for me to do this. All I have to say is when I play it with some people in D.C., uh, there was about six of us over uh, New Year's weekend. It was uh, it was a huge blast, and I saw all different ways of people trying to like game the game, and you really can't. And I think that's what makes it really good too. You can't really game this game. One person was trying to, who was clearly the werewolf, and so they were trying to ask questions like, "Does it start with A? Does it start with B? Does it start with Z?" To like get rid of all the co the tokens because if you lose the tokens then the game just quickly ends faster but uh he got thwarted because the word started with b and only got through two of those and we made very clear who the werewolf was this is a great little 20 questions werewolf style game it's cheap go pick it up now go play with a group of people it's a lot of fun it made it to my number three and that is werewords number two my number two is uh Xenoshift Dreadmire, published by Seam Unlimited. There may be, may or may not be a theme of uh, favorite games here. Uh, released in 2017. This is a uh, deck building tower defense game that basically simulates the uh, one of the scenes from uh, Starship Troopers. 
You're all working cooperatively to defend the base against a uh, ever-increasingly uh, difficult swarm of uh, aliens. Because, of course, we're the bad guys and we're trying to strip mine a planet. So the residents don't really like that. The way that the game works is that everybody simultaneously purchases cards and then sets the uh, lanes up to defend against the uh, aliens. I've played the original one, Xenoshift Dreadmire, a lot, but one thing that keeps it off the table as much as it is, it can be a real uh, time-burning game because even though you're buying simultaneously, each turn when it's time to defend, you do it individually. So just in case anybody needs, anybody wants to try and help out, they can. But if you're playing with a large number, like say uh, four is the maximum unless you get the expansion, which increases it to six, which I do not recommend because then it becomes like a four or five hour game, which is kind of ridiculous. But I really enjoy this game. Uh, Dreadmire introduces weather mechanics where depending on the type of weather that's happening, whether it's fog, rain, or if it's night, the uh, aliens get tougher. But also, it gives you items that make you tougher as well. So it's kind of a uh, give and take, but overall, it is a super fun deck building game that I really, really enjoy. And that's my number two, Xenoshift Dreadmire. Nice. My number two was what we've already talked about, so I'm not going to add too much here, but Werewords was definitely my number two. I We had so much fun with this game. Thank you, Jeff, for introducing us to Werewords. Like Jacob said, I felt like I loved One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and this was just a happy, you know, new addition, whatever you want to call it, kind of new path with One Night Ultimate Werewolf. So... I had a lot of fun playing this game. Yeah, it's a ton of fun, and you're welcome. <laughs> I will never thank Jeff for anything. Moving on. Um, my number two. My number two is Raptor from Madagot Games. This is a 2015 two-player game. One person is playing as the mama raptor and the babies, and the other person is playing the scientists who are trying to capture the babies so they can study them. Uh, the raptor mama is not okay with this and wants to kill them all. This is not just a move around the board and kill each other type thing this is a i mean it is but it's all in the cards you play because they're all numbered you each play one card whoever's got the lowest number gets to play their card and the other person gets movement based on the difference so if i play one and jeff plays nine he'll get eight movements so i might get my cool number one ability but jeff can then run around the board attack things and do stuff so it's a whole game of what has this person played already what can i play will i get this ability will i lose out on my turn what's going to happen it's very back and forth uh, very thinky and yet a lot of fun because the theme I think is really there. It's I mean it can work with other themes too I think, but the fun dinosaur theme really makes it stand out. I enjoy this game a lot. It is definitely my number two, um, and I highly recommend it as well. And that is Raptor. All right, Jeff, you ready? Yes. We all ready for our number <gasps> ones? What? Let's do this. And finally, number one. We're going to get sued for copyright, I swear. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get a cease and desist letter from Dice from Tower. Eric Summer and the Dice Tower. Yes. Uh, it is what it is. 
And anyway, it's under your name, not mine. So, <laughs> there ha. you go. What? I hate you. <laughs> My number one is yet another game uh, released by Seam Unlimited and Guillotine Games. This is Massive Darkness, released in 2017. This is a uh, cooperative game based on the uh, kind of the zombie side uh, cooperative game system where you're all heroes and you're fighting against some big bed. In this case, you're fighting against a uh, giant army of uh, demi-human bad guys such as goblins, dwarves, uh, unicorns, uh, just a whole bunch. uh, Not that they're demi-humans, but that they're all fantasy-based creatures that are uh, have all amassed to fight against the humans, against their oppressors, I should say. Each turn, you get a certain amount of actions that you get to move, attack, you can uh, loot treasure chests. I've been talking about this game a lot during the podcast, and each time I play it, I love it. We've played it with uh, large player counts, so the games do run long, but overall, I absolutely love this game. I adore it. We've actually recently just played with the uh, Kickstarter exclusive editions, and just the difficulty ramped up with the uh, different monsters, because some of them are trolls, which uh, can regenerate health once you kill them, or like... There's a freaking unicorn in there that's a bad guy. Uh, we haven't run into him yet, but I think he's going to do extremely bad things to us if we do. And it's just a really fun cooperative game. It's lighter than Dark Souls, where Dark Souls is kind of a, a strategic kind of uh, slash, slash slash block, things like that. This one is just basically your kind of Leroy Jenkins and you go and kind of go run into things but you do still want to stay with the group but it's a lot I'd say it's more accessible and quicker than uh, Dark Souls and that's my number one Massive Darkness nice that sounds like a lot of fun it is agreed it is we definitely have to play this again just so many freaking games that we have to I know. play together. I know. So, Jeff, when are you coming down for like a week-long stay where we just yeah, seriously. have our own dice power <laughs> in, at, yes. Jeff, at Jacob's house? Jacob Tower Con. Jacob yes. Tower. Jacob Tower. I, th- I thought we agreed this was going to be Jeff Con. Jeff Con. And, and it was going to be Jeff Con 1, Jeff Con 2, and then Je- and we, yeah, Jeff and I said we we're going to have Jeff Con 2, the Jeffening, or, oh or God, Electric yes. Boogaloo. Jeff, Jeff Con 3, <laughs> the Jeffening, Jeff Con 4, uh, Jeff goes to New York. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Con Five in space. You know mm-hmm. that's just kind of how the pro- the progression goes. Yeah, of course. All right, my number one, Jacob. Why don't we say our number ones at the same time? All right. All right. Um, okay. One. Uh, our number two, ones are one, one, three, one, three. Okay. Two, one, two, one, two, three. three. Clank. Three. Clank. Clank is clank, a twenty sixteen game. Stumble, from... stumble, stumble. Burgle, burgle, burgle. <laughs> Stumble. Burgle, burgle, clank, 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 clank. All of the burgling, all of the stumbling, all From in Renegade one game. Game Studios. This is a 2016 game. It is, it's a favorite. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is a game I told you, we've talked about it before. It, it took off at our mm-hmm. local game store. People play it there constantly. I don't know if they still are, but they were. 
there's the new in space one I haven't played. I'm sure that one's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about this game? I love this game because I love deck building games, and there is that kind mm-hmm. of deck building component. It's also super strategic. Every time we play, there's like a new strategy or a new way to go about it, even if you're playing on the same board. So it just has awesome replay value. Yeah, it does. And so far, almost everyone we've played it with has seemed to really liked mm-hmm. it. Um, it's it's kind of hard not to like it because it combines. It's not the first deck builder. It's not the first deck builder mm-hmm. with a board, but it's definitely feels so unique in its mm-hmm. own way. And it's the kind of game that you just want to play again and again. And mm-hmm. uh, it has a lot of replay value, just like you said. And I feel like it's challenging for you know seasoned gamers. It, it has that challenge there that makes them want to keep playing and keep trying to find new ways. But it it's not too terribly difficult for new gamers to get into either. No, it's very manageable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really enjoy it. And that is Clank. And also there's a cat card. So, I mean, sold. <laughs> there is a cat card. There is an expansion. And they're coming out with another expansion that sets it kind of like in an ancient Egyptian type world. And then there's the one in space because, of course. In space. And the game's funny, too. It has a lot of – it puts a lot of humor in, in there, too, which I enjoy. Yeah. I may or may not have already pre-ordered the new map. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh. <laughs> is this one you played in 2016? I – believe so because it's not on your list jeff yeah i believe i did play it in 2016 unfortunately my memory is a tiny bit fuzzy with it but again it is so much fun it is clank in space was fun too when we played it at extra life it's much more parody than the dungeon adventure one but i think i enjoy the fantasy theme a little bit more than the uh space sci-fi theme there and i haven't played in space but i would agree because i'm more of a fantasy guy than a sci-fi guy Mm -hmm. we just went through our top tens these are our top 10 games that we enjoyed playing for the first time in 2017 do we have any comments on anyone's lists or selections that we want to talk about before we wrap it up today just kind of a reflection of my own list you know, putting it together, I-, I was really surprised at how little new games I've played in 2017. Like, I've played a ton, for sure. And Dice Tower, I mean, obviously, introduced me to so many new ones. But I just feel like I, I wasn't really, I don't know, there, I didn't do it as much as I thought I did. And I was also kind of shocked that I had no games on my top 10 that were from 2017, which makes me kind of have a I have a goal now for 2018 to really try and get those new games or try to experience you know brand new games when they come out I don't know because I just I was a little shocked that none of mine were now to me this doesn't that's a that's an interesting point of view there that doesn't bother me so much because to me every game if I haven't played it it's new to me true true and the way I see it is these games are going to be around for a while if I feel like you keep chasing those new games Mm -hmm. you'll find yourself you know out of money and burdened down and and, that's a, that's and not really point. getting to enjoy the ones you have. So they, that's, the, that's the point. And Dice Tower Con and other convention things like that are perfect times to try out those new games. Because mm-hmm. you want to make sure you, you like the game, too. You want to see what people say. And, right. and we're just like that, too. And people who listen to us, we hope that they can listen to our advice and use that to decide whether or not they want to play a game or whether or not they enjoy it. But I think that's perfectly fine to want to say, let's play what we can that's brand new. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you should feel bad about saying this game was from 2011. Mm-hmm. It's seven, eight years old now. I think that's perfectly okay. 
everything on my list was mostly 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. with a couple of old ones. And Jeff had a lot of very new ones on there. But Jeff is a compulsive shopaholic who has addiction <laughs> problems. I'm waiting for him to disagree, but he has I don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> Actually, out of the 16 games that I've listed, uh, including honorable mentions, Half of the list was uh, brand new, released in 2017. It's your personal preference on how you purchase games and how you play games. And, like, for us, um, you, me, Sean, Anita, and everyone we play with here, Eric, Caitlin, Luke, it's like... And I mean, you play with Lakin and 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 Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Andrew. Um, we have so many games that we haven't even touched yet that I right. have here just waiting for us to try and, and just kind of sink our teeth into. And... Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we get together, we're like, no, let's do something simple and not so complex. And it's like, well, then we got to leave those aside. So trust me, it, these these games are sitting there. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to another year, 2018, of just playing Scythe far too much. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> and Mysterium and, and things that we enjoyed in Clank. Because, you know, you'll come over and I'll be like, hey, we got time stories. But you know what else we have? Clank. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tend to be more Cult of the New unfortunately for my wallet but uh i've actually been getting better about playing older games too so hopefully especially since i just moved into my condo that i'll become more fiscally responsible hopefully (laughs) but we'll see hopefully for us you won't be (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we have been doing this for some time i think we got a cut out for now ladies and gentlemen thank you all so much for joining us today i hope you enjoyed this list and we will see you guys hopefully in a week or two bye guys bye bye friends bye friends